you. We thank you so much because your love is unending. It is everlasting. And once again, you poured that into us in these simple and yet precious gifts. You've spoken to each one of us and said we are forgiven in spite of the darkness of our past, in spite of all the things of which we're ashamed. We're new people in this moment. And so we ask, just fill us up to overflowing that we can go out into the world and we can make a difference for Christ because we know the grace and the truth that we receive here. So be with us now, strengthen us, guide every step we take, that everything, everything would be to your purpose and to your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's turn our attention to, uh, to the I Am's. That's what we've been about these weeks. We've been looking at the I Am uh, statements that uh, Jesus makes. And remember, these are, these are radical statements that he's making uh, because he is you know, declaring himself in terms of his, his divinity, right? Uh, which is great for us because if we really take it in and we really re- receive these I Am's, and, and not just the I Am's, but the person who stands behind it, uh, our life can be completely different. And we are going to see that today. It is such a, a simple truth that, that we're going to look at today, uh, but it is a life-change truth. If, if, you, if you take this in, it is a life-change truth uh, today. And it's wrapped up in his I Am statement where he says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now, to get us going to understand how powerful that statement is, I mean, I think if you can grab some images that, that help you understand uh, how what it means to have lights uh, in the midst of darkness. So hopefully this will help you right here. Does anybody have any of those things? Yes, Phil and I. Phil and I have those things. So you can see our staff is a very insecure staff because we have night lights, right? Oh, Joel, you're blaming it on Joel. Yeah, okay, got it. All right, yeah. So, well, you know, I mean, nightlights. I mean, you got you got to have nightlights around the house, right? Absolutely. So, like for me, I'm bright guy, I think usually. So I get the ones that are the motion sensitive ones. You got some of those motion sensitive nightlights, right? So, like you know, Sunday morning, I'm up at 4:30 in the morning, and it's still dark out. But I got it so I can just kind of walk, you know, out of my bedroom and down the hall and in, into every room. And even though when I go into the room, it's dark, as soon as I walk into the darkness, boop, the light goes on. It's pretty cool, right? That's pretty cool. I mean, I mean that's strategery right there, right? You know, you just kind of walk in. You walk into the darkness. But when you, you walk into the darkness, but then, boop, light goes on, Right? It's great. This is fantastic stuff. But this is also a truth principle that we're going to see today. And it's a simple truth principle. Do not miss it. The simple truth principle is the knowledge of the light allows us to confront the darkness. See, I can go into the dark room. Why? I can go into the dark room and I can confront the darkness because I know a light's going to go on. Right? I can enter into the darkness because I know there is a light that's going to go on. This is the simple truth that we see from Jesus' I Am statement. Now you're going to see that as you look at the overall context 
of, of where and how Jesus makes this statement. So if you go to the Gospel of John, it's in the 8th chapter. So if you've got your Bibles, get there. It's in the Gospel of John, 8th chapter. And the context of what's going on is before he makes the I am the light of the world statement, it is the experience of the woman caught in adultery. Now, if you've been around for a while or been in the, in the big book for a while, you probably know that story. But if some of you are here and you don't, that's okay, let me tell you. So Jesus is speaking to a whole crowd of people, and the text tells us that while he was speaking, some teachers of the religious law and some Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. So here he is, he's, he's near the temple, and he's been teaching and preaching and speaking to a huge crowd of people, and, and the Pharisees and the, and the scribes, they find a woman who's caught in adultery, they bring her and throw her right at Jesus' feet. Okay, Huge crowd watching on. They throw her right at Jesus' feet and they say, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? Now there's a couple of things you can't miss from this experience. They're really important. Ready? First of all, notice the woman's guilt the darkness that is active in her life is obvious to everyone and nobody debates it. It is obvious to everyone and nobody tries to make an argument that she's innocent. Do you see that? She doesn't even try to make an argument on her own innocence. Nobody steps out of the crowd and even tries to make an excuse for the existence of this darkness, this sin that's in her life. Nobody steps out of the crowd and says, well, listen, I know her. She's really a good person at heart. She just made a little mistake here, just a little slight slip, you know, but it's really no big deal. After all, if you knew her husband, oh, man, <laughs> nobody's making the argument. Nobody is trying to say somehow she's innocent or she should be excused from this. or Her sin, her darkness in her life, her secret life is now absolutely exposed to everybody. Her guilt is obvious. Number one, her darkness is clear, right? Number two. Number two, notice what's going on here is a battle between light and darkness. Not with the woman, but between Jesus, the light, and the Pharisees and the learned teachers of the law, the scribes. What's going on? The scribes and the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus. We get it from the next part of the text. It says the scribes and the Pharisees, they were trying to trap Jesus into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger, and they kept demanding an answer. What's going on? The battle of light and darkness is going on. And it's obvious. The scribes and the Pharisees think they have built a trap that he cannot escape from. Because if he says, yep, you're right. She is guilty of sin, boy. <laughs> Pick up a stone, give me one, I'll help you out. If he says that, 
He's done as a prophet. He's done as a teacher. He's done as that guy who came into the world and was proclaiming God's truth in a new authority in giving fullness to the understanding of the law and the grace of God. He would be absolutely done in his ministry. It'd be over. If, on the other hand, he says, no, wait a minute, daughter, you are forgiven. The scribes and the Pharisees would have him equally. Because what is he doing? He would be guilty of violating the law. And even more than that, he would be guilty of putting himself above Moses. You see, either way, darkness thinks it has built an incredible trap that he cannot get out of. We are experiencing the battle of light and darkness. It is a battle that goes on every single day in our world and in our lives. This is not a new battle. And the battle is not yet over. The battle between light and darkness takes place in our lives every single day. How does Jesus deal with it? Here's his answer. They kept demanding for an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. What did he say? What did he do? His answer was straightforward and simple. He simply says, Listen, Confront the darkness in your own life first. Her darkness is obvious. Nobody's questioning that. It's clear. But you've got to confront the darkness in your own life. And that's the challenge. That, that is the clear challenge of the statement. Jesus is the light of the world. If he is the light of the world, if we know there is light in the world, then you and I can walk into the darkest place in our life and confront it. Because we know the light is here. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I know you've got some dark things in your life. We all do. All have sinned. Let anybody who hasn't sinned, we all got dark places in our life. That's the point of it. He says, listen, you're all there. And it's not just a question of making a head statement that says, yes, I know. We're all born into sin and we're all broken from the beginning and we all are sinful people. Yes. No. That's absolutely true. What he's saying to you this morning is, listen, I understand that you have the battle of light and darkness happening in your life every single day. And I know. There's some secret things going on in your life. And because you know I'm in the world, it's time to confront them. It's time to deal with them. If you go to John 3, John 3 says, and the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light. And refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. Do we like this conversation today? 
No, we do not. We like to keep things hidden. We like to keep things secret. The trouble is, that's a false understanding. We can't. It's impossible. Daniel 2 says, He, God, reveals deep and mysterious things, and He knows, He knows what lies hidden in darkness, though He is surrounded by light. Or in the New Testament, Hebrews 4 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before His eyes, and He is the one to whom you are accountable. You see that secret stuff? That secret lust that we have, the secret greed that we have, the secret coveting that we have, the secret times when we're down in the basement reading our computer and clicking on those things that put stuff in front of our eyes that we shouldn't really be looking at. You know that stuff? The secret things, they're not secret. They're not secret. And because we know the light has come into the world, we can confront the darkness. Because we know the light is in the world. Whatever's going on in your life that is that battle between light and darkness, you can face the darkness. You can face the darkness. Don't put it off anymore. Don't avoid it anymore. Don't try to hide it anymore. Face the darkness because the truth is there is a new kind of light in the world. And when you know that light, you can not only face the darkness, but the light always shatters the darkness. That's the truth. The light always will overwhelm and shatter the darkness. The darkness cannot by its nature overshadow the light. The light will always overshadow the darkness. We know this to be true. There's this uh, picture here of another thing that we rely on out there in the world. Uh, that is a picture, of course, of a lighthouse. What makes a lighthouse work? Well, the nice structure is good, but the nice structure is no good unless there is a light in the middle of it, right? Isn't that what makes it work? You've got to have a light in the middle of it. But if you get a light in the middle of a lighthouse, then all those ships out there can see that light and avoid the disaster of crashing on the rocks. Isn't that what a lighthouse does? A lighthouse keeps all the ship moving in safe and intentioned purposes toward their destination so that they avoid crashing on the rocks and experiencing destruction. We can face the darkness. Why can we face the darkness? Because there is a light in the world. And that light has come into the world to overwhelm that darkness in our life and to keep us from destruction and put our lives in a better place, to elevate our lives to a better place. We saw it happen in John 8 with the woman, right? Her, her, her sin, her darkness is absolutely clear. It is totally exposed. And by the time the whole experience is over, what is Jesus saying to her? Jesus stood up and he says, listen, where are your accusers? Didn't, didn't one of them condemn you? No, no, Lord, she said. And Jesus said to her, neither do I. Why don't you say it with me? Go and sin no more. What did he just do? He just took the darkness that was in her life, no longer secret, and he shattered it and gave her the opportunity of a whole new life. Isn't that what he did? He just took this overwhelming darkness 
and he shattered it and elevated her to say you got a new life here's a new life live it different live it better live it elevated don't do it again live a life that is higher and better than where you were when you confront the darkness with the light your life can get elevated because the darkness cannot withstand the light that's when he makes the statement in John 8 he sets her to a new life and he says he spoke to the people once more and he said now look I am the light of the world now look how he follows it if you follow me so if you let the light invade your life if you follow me you won't have to walk in darkness why because you will have the light that leads to what just what she got right just what she got life a whole new life that's what she got a whole new start a whole new beginning a whole new elevated life that says look you don't have to live that, any, that way anymore you don't have to go through the battle of light and darkness with that anymore this is not who you are anymore you are a nerd new person you see we can confront the darkness why because when we confront the darkness it shows us we have a savior do you hear that we can confront the darkness in our life why because we have the light it shows us that we have a savior and he elevates our lives to a whole new place if you look at the apostle paul this is a guy who lived in darkness for a while right i mean he was captured by darkness he was persecuting the church you know he was there when stephen was stoned to death he was the guy who was out there dragging christians out and making sure that they were uh, executed right and yet jesus confronts him the light invades his life on the road to damascus and jesus says to him listen paul i will rescue you from both your own people and the gentiles yes I'm sending you to the Gentiles. Why? To open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Now, here's a hard truth in that text. You ready? We like to try and convince ourselves that there's a lot of gray, light and dark mixed, right? That there's a lot of gray. There's no gray. There's no gray. You either live in the light or you're living by the darkness. You're either influenced by the power of the evil one or you're influenced by the power of God. No gray. That's why he said, look, I am the light of the world. He didn't say, listen, I am the periodic light of the world that blends into the darkness and can be called gray once in a while. Right? He didn't say that. He said, no, I am the light. That's it. I am the light. But that's such great news for us. We have a light. We have a Savior. And we can be set free from whatever that darkness is that tries to overwhelm our life. We can be set free. Our lives can be elevated. And we can be people who live life incredible intentioned purposed impactful difference making people because we live in the light is it easy no but it's possible he says in matthew 7 go in through the narrow gate 
the gate to destruction, darkness, the gate to destruction is wide. And the road that leads there is easy to follow. And a lot of people go through that gate. But the gate to life, that gate is very narrow. And the road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people find it. It may be hard, but it's possible. For that woman, her sin was exposed, her darkness was exposed, but the light came into her life and her life was elevated now so that she could live light. She could live a whole new intention, impactful life for the cause of Christ, the one that just saved her. Now, the key for us is when we receive this light, when we receive this personal relationship with Christ, that light takes over our life. There's no grave, remember? We live in the light. And that light takes over our life. Now, I want to warn you, if you take this serious and you confront the darkness in your life and he sets you free from that, he's going to invade your life and take over all of your life. And it's going to be different. Be way different. Why? Because light cannot be contained. Light cannot be contained. Notice what he says in John 12. He says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. His light is a light that cannot be contained. Here's a great picture from, uh, from outer space where it's all dark, right? Outer space, all dark. What do you notice when you look at the world? Can't help but see what? The lights, right? You can't, here, here they are in the outer space, and they look down, and in the middle of the darkness, all they can see is the light. That's the way it is. His light is so incredible. When it takes over our life, it elevates our lives. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to take your life in ways you never thought, dreamed, or imagined. Because his light cannot be contained. If you look at Ephesians, Paul says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. You like the last three? Good, right, true. That's what I want. How about you? <laughs> That's what I want. I mean, when my days are done and somebody else is talking about the life I lived, don't you want him to look at your life and say, wow, there's a guy who lived in the light because his life was good, right, and true. Awesome, good? That's what it is. When we confront the darkness, because we know we have a light, we have a Savior, we can get free from that darkness, and we can live impactful lives that make a difference. And the light, the light will shine through us. That's why Christ Church is making an impact. We're making an impact in this community, in this corridor, right here, right in this corridor in Milwaukee. I mean, there's more for us to do, and equally around the world. With Dundee here this morning, it just reminds us, listen, you are making a light difference in some children and some mothers' lives over in Addis, Ethiopia. That is an awesome thing, isn't it? That is an awesome thing. Why? Because light cannot be contained. 
If you've got some darkness, today's the day. This is the time. Confront the darkness. Don't let it hold you anymore. Don't let it keep you imprisoned anymore. Because there is a light in the world. And that light can infuse you and set you free and put your life in such an incredibly better place that you will impact other people. Let's pray.